TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to Far Realms. Jesus Christ, today has been a madness. Carlos, are you ready? As ready as I can be. Welcome everybody to the Far Rounds podcast, the only podcast out there with the cardio for those deep water championship rounds. I am of course Mags and uh, with me this very, very early morning, six o'clock, uh, my son Carlos. Carlos, how are you? Tired, but we're good. Yeah, uh, well today is going to be a little bit different to how we normally uh, uh, do these shows. Normally me and Carlos would both watch the the, the UFC card and, and we kind of give our analysis. Uh, but I had the the pleasure, I want to say pleasure, uh, of also trying to watch the Triller card. So I'm going to give a little bit of feedback about that as well. Um, so let's get into it. First of all, let's go through these UFC prelims. Uh, we started with Tony Gravely getting the knockout against Anthony Burchak. Uh, decision in the lightweights with Austin Hubbard. Uh, picking up the win against Dakota Bush. Uh, Gerald Mershaw getting back onto a winning form with a first-round sub against uh, Bartosz Fabianski. Uh, Jessica Pena coming back and getting the decision against Lupita Godinez. And then um, a very weird end to the, the feature prelim in the heavyweight division, Alexander Romanov picking up the decision, even though he, uh, he, he basically got knocked out with a low blow, uh, something that, ironically, we'll probably be talking about later on. Uh, but let's get on to this main card. And like I said, I'm going to be giving, uh, throwing a lot of this over to, to Carlos because he uh, he was sensible and he watched the UFC <laughs> card. Uh, so we started with... Uh, the violent Bob Ross, Luis Pena taking on uh, Alex Munoz. Carlos, what did you uh, what did you make of this fight? The judges never uh, never give it to Luis Pena, but I'm gonna have to watch this fight again because I did think Alex actually won the fight. I think he pushed the pace a lot more. Um, they were more of a stand up fight, even though Luis was the uh, the one who had the, the bigger reach. It wasn't doing much. It was just like one jab here, one hook here. Whereas Alex, he was, he was looking for the combos. He was looking for the time. He was looking for the counters. He was looking to push the pace. And uh, Louis Penny for me just seemed like he he wanted to just show how flashy he were. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm just gonna like lay back a bit. Just I'm just gonna do what I need to do just to get by. And it were a three round fight. And for me, I don't think he did enough. But weirdly, the judges give it him. But yeah, I, I do believe Alex won that fight. Yeah, um, um, from trying to like watch both events uh, simultaneously, obviously you, you 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 do miss stuff. But from the the action that I caught, um, it, it seemed like Pena was trying to use his 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 range that he has over pretty much everyone in that division mm-hmm. uh, to keep Munoz at bay. But uh, Munoz was was very able to successfully get in uh, in that pocket and, and land the shots. And uh, whilst I don't think uh, Pena was hurt much in the fight. I also don't think he did enough perhaps to win. Mm. Uh but the, the judges obviously 
gave it the other way. So let's uh let's now switch to uh, to the trailer fire. Um, and we started off with a uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, uh, UFC zone. He was uh he was doing a little bit of uh, analysis, and he thought that uh that Jake Paul would uh, be able to handily beat Ben Askren. And then we went into the opening contest. Uh, Joe Fournier, um, I believe he's a former boxer. Um, he was taking on Raycon, who is a, a, a musician. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry, guys. I, I do not know half these people on this card. So if I butcher their names or I don't know who they are, I apologise. But um, it... Basically, Raycon fought for two rounds, didn't land a single punch, and then decided for the third round, yeah, I'm not coming out for that. So he, uh, he lost by TKO. Uh, let's go back to UFC. Tracy Cortez taking on Justine Kish. Uh, Carlos, how did this fight go down? Well, let's put it this way. This fight was actually more impressive than any of them boxing fights. I haven't even watched any of them. <laughs> yeah, Tracy came in. Uh, I don't think I can't. She hasn't had a fight in the last two years, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's uh, been out for a while. She came back in just a perfect, perfect execution of a game plan. This is everything you asked for a fighter. This was a dog fight between the pair of them. They both came in and threw it all and left it all in the in the octagon, uh, throwing leather to face and just going back and forth training. But Tracy was, fortunately for her, was able to push the pace a little bit more. Uh, was able to control the situation when it got to the ground. Um, Kish didn't seem to have any answer to when uh, Tracy were able to take her down onto mm-hmm. the. Yeah. And she, I, there were no answer to it. Tracy could just take it down at will and keep her there and transition. So yeah, it was that were inevitably what what one of the fire the fact that she were able to not only push the pace on the feet but were able to just come take her down. Just at will and control her just whenever she wanted to. And to someone who's been off for two years, that's pretty impressive to come back and just do something like that. It'd be so dominant in your performance. It's usually you come back and you might have a bit of a rough patch. It goes to decision and you might be like, oh, maybe next time. But no, she comes straight back and she just dominated near a three round straight and walked away with the victory. Yeah, um, I mean, like I said, uh, from what I caught of this fight, uh, I think you've nailed it perfectly. When Cortez wanted to go to the ground, the fight went to the ground. Uh, I've got to give props to uh, Justine Kiss. She, uh, she's got a lot of heart, and uh, she did land uh, a lot of shots when she had the opportunity uh, when uh, stood up. But uh, if Cortez uh, uh, went for a, a takedown, it, she generally got it and was able to really dominate on the floor. Uh, and like you said, two years out and to be able to come back and, and score that victory, uh, well played to her. Got a few comments here from uh, my uh, Radio Tech's brother, Tanner. He's uh, he's calling Fabianski Flappianski. Um, ironic that we'll, uh, we'll probably have someone more Flappianski later on in, in, in this broadcast. Uh, and then he's also said, Carlos, uh, did the right thing sticking to UFC this evening. You know what? I fully agree. So on that, let's nip back to uh, this trailer fight card. <laughs> so after we got the the opening bout, um, we got uh, I want to say a weird kind of concert. Another shit fight. No, oh, oh. this was a con. Don't get me wrong. This is called trailer fight club, but this was a concert with farts as the piss breaks. Um, we got. 
Uh, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, and two other rappers who I absolutely have no idea who, who they were. Um, and again, I apologize. Uh, I want to say rapping, but more smoking weed and uh, miming along to a, a track. Um, apparently, there's going to be an album coming out called uh, Mount Westmore, which is for that uh, huge name uh, rappers. Um, not really my cup of tea, but I'm sure it'll be a big hit. And then we had another concert by someone called Doja Cat. Again, don't know the, the girl. Um, didn't wear a lot of clothes, to be fair. Um, that's on her. Doja uh, Cat, Doja Cat. Yeah. Um, then uh, we actually got a, a fat. We did actually get a fat. And I've got to give props to, uh, to Pete Davidson on this. Uh, apparently, he's on SNL Live. Again, I don't know a lot about the guy. But he was the funniest thing about this this show. Uh, he absolutely just abused everything. He said that this was a clown show. He was only happy because his check got cleared. <laughs> but uh, we did get uh, a slap fight on, on a boxing show. A slap fight uh, hosted by Ric Flair, yes. which uh, woo. Well, when you came in and told me there was a slap fight, I thought you were on about boxing. They're actually slapping each other. No. slap fight. If you pay fifty pound for this event, you are a big bellend. Yeah, well, I don't think they've made money on it. Let's just say that because it gets it gets uh it gets more interesting later on. Anyway, let's get back to UFC. Uh, and before we get to that, sorry, the slap fight. I don't know who the two guys were, but one guy slapped the other guy unconscious. That happened. Uh, <laughs> next fight, Abdul Razak Hassan taking on uh Jacob Malkoon. Carlos, what happened in this? Because this was a uh, yet another decision. Another decision, but a perfect decision. Uh, some this is one of the fights where you looked at it. If you were casual, you'll think, Oh, this is a boring fight, but mm-hmm. technically, it actually wasn't. Now, if you were to know uh, Abdul, he's basically 2 0 in the UFC, I think, off the top of my head, finishes is an absolute killer. But that is exactly what he is. He's an no, absolute he, killer. he won his first fight, I think. He didn't he uh, he have to drop out of his second fight? I'm sure he did. Uh, but he, he, he is a killer. Yeah. Right, well, that's it. He's just big, he's just muscular, and he'll finish in the first round. And that's exactly his sort of game plan. With people like that, and I suppose you can sort of blame it on Dana White and the UFC for always looking for these finishes who are a big muscle. Like, look at Ngarnu. If he goes past the, the first or second round, odds are he's not knocking people out and mm-hmm. might lose that belt. That's if he's facing bones. But then again, this, is, this came with the same, the same sort of consequence. Jacob were able to use his pressure to pressure Abdul up against the cage and were able to use his wrestling and just push the pace. And even though he was a smaller guy, he didn't have the muscle, he wasn't stronger, he knew he were able to push the pace for longer and he wouldn't be able, he wouldn't be able to tire out quicker than uh, Abdul works. Abdul just gassed so mm-hmm. goddamn quick, especially with all the takedowns getting through at him how many times he had to sprawl, how many times he had to try and defend the takedown, and how many times he had to try and get back to his feet. Got to the second and third round, and every time he got to the floor, he just he didn't have the energy to get back to his feet. And, yeah, Jacob were able to mix it mix it up really well between the boxing and the, the level changes, the shooting. There's nothing really much more to say, Bar, from if this was a... If you wanted to write a perfect game plan against an absolute monster... That's the game plan you you want to pick. Yeah. You don't give him the space. You pressure him and you make him fight your fight. You make it frustrating for him because mm-hmm. that's all Abdul wanted to do. He's one of them fighters where they want to bang, they want to stand and bang. He's mixed martial arts. He's not boxing, so you can don't you don't fight his. You don't fuck him. Don't fight his game. Yeah. You fight your game, and that's exactly what Jacob were able to do. He 
mixed his boxing up really well with his wrestling, took it to the decision, and he absolutely dominated from start to finish. Yeah, and, and for a, a, a young kid of the age of uh, Jacob Malcoon to, to be able to stick to a game plan and not fall into that trap of farting someone else's fart, uh, well played to him, and, and you could see how much he frustrated um, um, Abdul because Abdul was was he was led on the on the the cage floor for for the uh, for a long time after the fight finished, and that's because he'd been out outshone. It's as simple as that, and he just couldn't fight the fight that he wanted, mm-hmm. and he wasn't able to uh, mix it up to to match uh, Jacob Malcolm. So it's a, a great victory for for Jacob there. <laughs> let's get back to uh let's get back to Trilla. Um Frank Mia was up next and um I was worried for Frank. Oh, yeah, I was absolutely worried for Frank. This is the heaviest I've ever seen him. Uh he looked uh absolutely a mess. Uh coming in 70 pounds heavier than Steve Cunningham. And this is Steve Cunningham, who's a, a legitimate former world champion boxer. Um he hasn't fought in about four years. Uh but and this is where you kind of suspect. I mean, you 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 generally suspect that the, this card was fixed in a way. Um, but this match really kind of handed it down because Steve Cunningham could have killed Frank Mia if he wasn't holding back. Uh, and props to Frank Mia, he lasted the full six rounds. Uh, he was absolutely knackered after half of a round, but he gave it all. He he, he kept going and he he didn't uh, let up for a, for a second. But you could tell this was Steve Cunningham toying with him, uh, and at any point in this fight, you could have seen, uh, could foresee Steve Cunningham just absolutely dropping uh, Frank Mia and putting him fast asleep. But he didn't. Uh, picked up the Steve Cunningham picked up the victory, and Frank Mia. Uh, he, I think he can uh, he can have a lot of respect in the fact that he's, he's done this, especially against someone who was, um, like I said, was a, an actual boxer. Um, let's go on to the the core main event of. Uh, of um, the UFC card, it, it, this wasn't actually going to be the core main event. This was actually going to be smack dab in the middle of the card. But um, as Carlos will, will tell you, getting pushed at a, a weigh-ins can uh, give you whiplash, apparently. Well, he's not, weirdly, he's not whiplash to uh, Jerry Stevens and uh, fucking whatever his name is. Draca Closer. Draca Closer. Uh, they were at the face-offs and something happened and Jeremy Stevens ended up pushing him. He's ended up, when he's pushed him, he started to feel his like, hand going numb and started to feel his neck going numb. And then it was after that, he basically got sent by Sean Shelby to the UFC uh, PI and stuff like that and got sent to the medical team. Got some scans, got some checks, basically had to get some rehydration, get some rest because they thought it could be just a, like, a, a bad wake up, could be having some effects on him. Found out it worked not after when he was hydrated, because after when he did get hydrated and rested, he ended up basically feeling dizzy and then he rested again, a bit more hydrated and ended up spewing. Um, they sent him to the hospital. His he's, scans have come back now. They came back, I think, halfway during the event and he's actually got a, a critical sprain in his neck from the bush. Yeah. Well, he, he's... Um... Uh, he, he was on uh, Twitter claiming uh, effects of whiplash. Uh, now, I, I am not condoning Jeremy Stevens laying hands at the, at the weigh-ins. I don't like that kind of shit. Uh, 
But if you have had whiplash and numb arms from being pushed at a weigh-ins, yeah, you were probably, going to get killed in the family. Yeah, it's probably the best thing to be honest. I know it's going to be horrible, but it's if if that were going to happen to you just from a push, then and if your neck was already hurt, imagine if he kicked you in the neck or punched you in the neck. Mm-hmm. It, it could have been yeah. so. If anything, count yourself some lucky eggs there. But we did get into the Corbin event, and it was. The, one of the legends in the in the game, um, Andre uh, Arlovsky versus Jay Sherman. Jay Sherman, yeah. Uh, just before we get into that, uh, Tanner has come back with a comment about Frank Nier. Frank Nier needs to clean himself up and transition into pro wrestling. Very, very true. And uh, he's not the only person on this trailer card who I think has got a future in pro wrestling, but we'll get to that uh, in, in a minute. Uh, go on, Carlos, tell us about uh, Arlovsky and, and Jay Sherman. Arlovsky, Arlovsky, he's, he's getting quite old now. I don't know whether he... 53 farts. 53 farts, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. He's, getting, he's been in the UFC, I think, since 2003. 34 well. UFC farts. Yeah, absolutely mental. I think he's uh, he's coming up just just behind Bisping or just somewhere along the line of Bisping and Bisping having that many farts. And, uh, yeah, I can, see him, I can see him hanging it up soon because he's not getting anywhere close to a title. He's... He doesn't need to earn any more money. The guys, they, they, he must be minted by now. If not, then people are out and they say, fucking UFC don't pay the fighters fuck all. But mm-hmm. he's been in the UFC for, for absolutely donkeys. But good for him. He did get the win. Uh, he was able to use his legendary tactics and his fight IQ to make sort of chase Sherman sort of have to like chase him around the octagon. Again, a lot of people would have looked at this and gone, oh, like stay still and fighting, but it was the tactics the way he did. Mm-hmm. Arlovsky was able to beat uh, the leg up of Chase basically coming forward, it affected his mobility, affected him from getting the heavy punches, and affected him from moving around fast. So even when Arlovsky was staying from out the range and staying at the distance, uh, Chase just wasn't able to get him. And he was actually getting frustrated because... He's bit you can see it's all to like stop fucking moving, just yeah. stop and fight. It's I like think he said near the end of the fight or something like I thought you was a legend. Yeah, well that's it. And it's like at the end of the day, he's a legend because that's how legends win, because you lost. Yeah. So it was a clinic in counterparting. Exactly. Um, and it and it worked perfectly. Obviously Arlovsky recognised that, that Chase was a big hitter and staying in the pocket and, and taking them shots are it's only gonna end one way. Um so Arlovsky using like I said that fire IQ and able to to avoid those shots while still picking uh Sherman off with, with the kicks and, and the and the punches, it worked perfectly well. And I mean I'm all for, for saying when fighters should call it a day. Uh but Arlovsky's still picking up wins and he's still he's still looking like he, he belongs there. So fight until you until until you, you're ready to this quit. is what this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying that he needs to retire, it's just how how many more fights do you reckon? Because like I said, he's been in it for a, a hell of a long time and he's been knocked out a couple of times now. And it's, it's not like he took a lot of damage over the last couple of years. But again, I don't think he's uh, he's looking at chasing them title about any time soon. So it would be a, probably a, uh, a good idea for him. To, well, if he's saying that, though, if he's staying in fights like this, he can fight fucking forever because he's never aging. If anything, he's getting younger. Uh, but yeah, with the, uh, the fight itself, the way it went, he were a... Uh, a perfect uh, exhibition of just his skill set and of just what fight IQ can actually do. You don't always have to be an heavy hitter to win a fight. Mm-hmm. If anything, that can always work against you. And it goes to show a lot of people who are heavy hitters always leave that leg out too far and 
It's always there to get kicked. It's always there to get fucked up. Correct. Uh, so let's go back to Trilla. Um, just before we got into the co-main event, um, uh, Trilla Fight Club replaced Oscar De La Hoya on commentary uh, because he was absolutely cocaine out of his face. Just did not have a clue what he was talking about. And they replaced him with uh, Snoop Dogg, who was absolutely stoned off his tree. Uh, and But uh, the good thing is, it was way more entertaining than Oscar De La Hoya. But we got into this co-main event, and it was actually two boxers, uh, Regis Progray taking on Ivan Redcatch. And, yeah, this fight was meant to go 10 rounds, ended up only going six. Um, uh, Progray just absolutely dominated Ivan uh, Redcatch. But the ending was was so... It was WWE style, and we talked. I talked earlier about uh, how the ending for the Romanov fight was was pretty weird with the low blow. The thing is, Romanov got low blowed, and he was down, um, and he, he the the result went the way it did. This one, even with the slow motion replays, the punch not only isn't a low blow, it it barely touches uh, Ivan Red. Uh, red catch in uh, the shot from uh, progress goes all the way around the body. Uh, is the thumb of the glove glances against like the, the top of the hip of uh, of uh, Aaron red catch. The his, his arms block the wrist and the forearm of uh, prog- uh program making any contact, mm-hmm. and then he goes down like he's been absolutely punched in the dick. Stayed down for five minutes. The referee, the referee's saying, "Yeah, it, it may be, um, it may be a disqualification." The guy is stretched out of the building, and I'm not even taking the piss. He's absolutely stretched out of the building from a shot that made no contact with him. Uh, luckily, the the ref saw the replay, and it went to the judges' decision because it went over half of the fire, uh, and all the judges pretty much gave it unanimously for 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 Reggie Proge. But on a card of ridiculousness, this may have been. The most ridiculous. Um, then we had. I mean, I don't want to uh, disparage um, Whitaker and um, and Gaslam, so we're going to cover that last. Definitely. But but then we had a, a another concert. Uh, Justin Bieber uh, came on, did a few tracks to a crowd of nobody. Because when he was saying how are you all feeling tonight, there was crickets. Uh, this thriller event has lost millions. Absolute millions. So we had a, a bit of a, an impromptu, well, I, I want to say impromptu, but they put a lot of uh, production into it. Um, uh, we had a, a Justin Bieber concert, which was awful. Yes. <laughs> then we got the main event. And if this is not fixed, I will eat my hat because um, Jake Paul knocked out Ben Askren in less than two minutes. Uh, he caught him clean, uh, and you can tell that um, Ben Askin was only there for a payday. He uh, he didn't look like he was uh, into the fight at all. Barely threw any shots. Uh, the shots that Jake Paul landed, some of them were looked heavy. Some of them looked uh, like fairy taps. The one that actually knocked him out was was nothing special. Um, he knocked Ben Askin down. Ben got up. The ref called it off, even though Ben was was he seemed absolutely fine, able to walk around. Um, and for me, what rubber stamped the fact that this was maybe a bit of a setup was Ben Askin was laughing and, and giggling on the way back to uh, uh, back to the, the locker rooms. Uh, and then, yeah, it, it just ended in a farce. Uh, so let's go back to uh, back to an actual fight, Carlos. What happened with uh, with uh, uh, Whitaker and Gastelum? 
There we go. Now, an actual fact that everyone should have actually been watching instead of that shit, pathetic show of fucking people taking dars full of pussies. And I mean, the, the worry is, uh, Triller, uh, Triller Net, the company that owns Triller Fight Club, have actually bought Fight TV uh, in a, a huge deal. So this, ain't, this stuff ain't going away, unfortunately. I mean, whether you like it or whether you don't, um, celebrity boxing is a big thing and, it, and it's going to be here to stay, I think. I'll box you. I'll box you. <laughs> you can keep my off as well. They'll give it to you. I'm going to piss out you. Cock Anyway, get on yeah, to this Robert Whittaker. <laughs> um, yeah, Robert Whittaker, again, this fight should have happened in 2019. Uh, it got basically delayed. Some mm-hmm. shit happened. Can't remember off the top of my head. But thankfully, it happened tonight and we were able to see the spectacular performance from... Both guys, both of them have improved uh, since 2019 that they were supposed to fight. Unfortunately, along the way, both of them have also had to fight Is It and Lost, so they've both got something in common there, so there was definitely uh, something to basically come back on. Robert Whitaker was supposed to actually be originally fighting Paulo Costa, but Paulo Costa's a big pussy and he pulled out. Um, he only fights out one time a year or something. Don't know why he's in the UFC. So, upsets Kelvin Gastelum on a month's notice, and fair enough. They both have a month's training camp, and you'd think, oh shit, this is going to be a bit of a crap fight. Hey, Rabarber, this was a quality fight from, from start to finish. They both said it in 2019, they both said it last night, they're going to take each other's head off, and they weren't lying. They, they tried to take each other's head off. Kelvin were bloody, Whitaker were bloody. There were, there were sprawls, there were takedowns, there were combos, there were more head kicks than you could count. Like it, they're a mixed martial arts bout all in one fight. What happened tonight between uh, Robert Whitaker and Kelvin Gastelum, it was an all-out brawl. Them two came to put on a show and they, you could see that they was coming to show who was next in line for that title shot. Yeah. We had a we had a bout last week, um, that ugly Italian guy and oh, Kevin Holland. Martin Vittori, yeah. Martin Vittori, who's a who's a, a, a bigger pussy than Costa. And then you've got Kevin Hollins, who can't wrestle for shit, but thinks he can fight for a title. But yeah, we had that pitiful main event uh, last week. So yeah, definitely from this performance on what happened tonight between Robert Whitaker and Kelvin Gastelum, that already beats that out of the water for going to cut title contention of which fight actually is the number one, contar- uh, number one basically, um, title contender. It was definitely this fight. And Robert Whitaker. He wasn't the games that the holes that he was sure that he shown in the the Adesanya fight where he was sort of shooting in for the right and jumping in for the left hook. Uh, he wasn't doing this sort of stuff, and especially with the two fights you see him with um, Yaw Romero, he was making some mistakes there that I didn't see once that he made in this fight between uh, Kelvin Gastelum. It was just on point from start to finish. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly what he had to do. He understood his range, and he was fast. He was more fast than what he what he what he usually is. And obviously, after the fight, he came out. He's like, "That's because I was supposed to fight Costa, so I was working on speed." Again, if you're fighting a big guy who's just jacked, he's slow as fuck. Costa, you're a pussy out. So yeah, he's, speed's always gonna. He takes speed all day over power. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but. He were able to control Whitaker. And I feel, I, before I say that, I feel so bad for Gaslam because 
He's worked his arse off so much and he's never going to be... He's always going to be in that position where you had your, your Paul Davis and all that sort of stuff and people who had that John Bones Jones in the way and people who, who could just... It was so close to that title but just couldn't reach it. And I think that's the, the sort of position he's in. Like He's not on a good record. And, and to be honest with you, weirdly, his teammate was sat there and I'm a big believer in stuff like that. When you if you're getting bad vibes from your teammates, you're not gonna have a good night. And I personally believe his own teammate wanted him to lose. That was spitefulness because his own teammate, that like I said, he trains with um, with Marvin Vittoria, and he was sat there watching the fight, and he wanted the belt. And he, in his head, if Kelvin beats Kelvin, knocks out Whitaker, which were a massive chance, he's, he's an hard bastard that he could have fought for the belt. And yeah. So I, I think out of spot, he, he was probably thinking, hoping for for Gastelum to lose. But be careful what you. Well, in this case, in my personal opinion, if it, if it is true, be careful what you wish for because this is a, a scary Whitaker that's potentially just only going into his pram. Yeah. Who's who's literally on fire. Fair enough, he took a couple of cracks from Kelvin Gastelum, but you fire him and he'll take a couple of cracks. Let's see how, see how that goes for you. You're definitely taking some, and he were able to eat them like they were nothing. They didn't phase him one bit, whereas he were eating Kel, uh, Kelvin, and you could see where it were like stunning him a bit here and there. And yeah, perfect victory for him. Perfect. Uh, gone straight to, uh, straight to the decision. Um, he was always looking for the finish as well. That was a good thing about it. He, he wasn't just... Going right, I've got to fifth round. I'm literally four rounds up. Uh, I can I can course it now. Yeah. He wasn't doing that. He was still trying to look for the finish from literally to the end of the end of the bell. And that was that's one thing you got to respect about Whitaker. He was a champion before. He'll always will be a true champion, mm-hmm. and he would definitely be, will be the next uh, fight is it for the belt. And I, I think it's it's it needs to be remembered that that uh, Gaslam's losses. Are against killers. Mm. Are against. I mean, this is a guy who's uh, potentially in Demetrius Johnson uh, style territory in in the, the weight division that he's in. Isn't really for well, him. Say, well, let's put it this way. For like, me, I think he's a welterweight. Um, oh yeah, he's definitely a welterweight. Because like I say he's a, well a, a push welterweight lightweight. Just because of his heart, but yeah. if his build, I'd say more welterweight yeah. because he's a bit more of a, a bit more of a stocky character. But like you say, with his losses, you got you got Izzy and you got Whitaker. But then you got Till, who was arguably, and that was a that was a split decision as well. Yeah. So he's, it's not like he's lost in dramatic fashion. It's always like somewhat gone. Because even with Izzy, it went to the decision, mm-hmm. and he's given Izzy the best fight anybody's given Izzy on today. The only the only loss uh, in the last uh, four years. Um, is uh, by a, by a finish is when he uh, when he got caught in the heel hook by uh, Jack Hamanton. So that's what I mean. So he, he, he's literally up there with the best, and Whitaker were able to just dominate him. So yeah, you, you, you can't not. If they were to give that, if they were to give the other guy the title shot after basically pumping uh, Kevin Owens legs for five rounds, then I'm gonna start watching UFC. <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. Uh, what, uh, what <laughs> anyway, so um, great victory for for Robert Whitaker. Uh, I'm glad he's got over like the the persistent knee problems that he's had, um, and he's 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 definitely gonna 
is a, a, a tough, tough battle coming up. Uh, but we've got a triple main event next week, Carlos. Uh, I hope you've got your uh, Triller hat on for, for that. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, this this main card is is, is stacked. The two fights that aren't title fights could potentially be a fight night uh, uh, headliner. So you've got Anthony Smith taking on one of your favourite fighters, Jimmy Crute. Uh, you've got Uriah Hall taking on Chris Wildman. And then the three title fights, Valentina Shevchenko putting a flowery title on the line against Jessica Andrade. And you've got Whaley Zhang defending against Rose Namajunas, which is going to be an absolute banger. And then you've got Street Jeebus taking on uh, the champion, Kamara Usman, for, for the welterweight. So, um, looking forward to that next week. Definitely. Check yeah. that out when... Uh... Check that out with us. That's going to be a banger of a card. Absolutely, it is. Uh, so just before we go, uh, let us do a little bit of bill paying. Uh, first, thank you, uh, everyone, for, for watching and listening along. You, your support is always appreciated. And uh, if you like what we do here at, at uh, Shooting the Sports Dish, please uh, consider joining our Patreon with our with plenty of, of new and exciting and unique content coming to the Patreon. So that's patreon.com slash shoot sports ish um, um, for just a, a few shekels you can get uh, multiple hours of, of extra content and we've also got a, a, a new deal with, um, with a, a great sponsor called Sleefs that's uh, sleefs.com s-l-e-f-s.com uh, where you can get uh, fat wear uh, compression gear um protection if uh, elite level fighters and also they do some uh, pretty uh, kick-ass uh, uh, clothing and, and underwear so uh, if you use the code STSR25 you'll get 25% off your first order and I do believe that that code is uh, uh, is continuous so even on your follow-up orders you still get a, a pretty good discount so that's www.sleefs.com S-L-E-E-F-S.com um, but again, thank you guys for tuning in. We really do appreciate all your support. Uh, a special thanks to Tanner for, for keeping it up in the chat. Um, I'll, I'll be definitely speaking to you uh, later on today, sir. Uh, but yeah, for, uh, for me, uh, Mags at DJ Kirby, uh, for Carlos here at Kirby underscore Carlos, and for uh, the teams at Shooting the Sports Station, Vision News Global Media, and Chairshot uh, Radio, uh, we thank you. Uh, good night, and that is the end. Adios, amigos. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.